On today's episode of The Glue Guys, the Brooklyn Nets, the team that was mired in obscurity for years from the Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett trade, having no draft picks, they've just picked up Blake Griffin midseason for yeah. vet men yeah. to join Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden and Bruce Brown. Big whoop. It's just our life. We're going to talk about that. We're going to do like Uh-oh. the nine biggest questions about oh, okay. Blake Griffin. This is all about emergency big, pod. This yeah, is all about big, Blake Griffin. Big pause there. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike Ursello. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuysNetsDaily.com. The Athletic. Get yourself behind that paywall. Wow. Theathletic.com slash Glue Guys. Wow. Special deal waiting for you if you do that. Brian. Give it to me, Mike. <laughs> you know what I want. Back. You know what I the want. Nets are back. Um, How are you? Is this the worst or the best thing that ever happened to the Nets? Because that's that's all that's out there on Reddit right now. That's all I'm getting. It's either the worst or the best. It's so funny that people are somehow anti-Blake Griffin signing. I mean, this whole pod, emergency prod, uh, breaking glass. This is – Yeah. That's glass. Okay. Um, Good. This is the emergency pod. The Nets have signed Blake Griffin to a veteran, a veteran minimum deal. Um, but, yes, you bring up a great point, Brian. There is like an anti-Blake Griffin sentiment out there, um, a nasty, ugly sentiment. I, I get that people haven't heard about these prices. It, it, did it just break At the vet? these prices? <laughs> I mean, these low, low. In this economy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Did that just break that it was vet minute? Because I, I didn't hear that before. And you're just saying that. Is that the – he's leaving some it, money on the table. Is that the idea? Yeah, he's leaving. So just a small dive in the minutia here. The Nets right. could have had three – Different ways they could assign Blake Griffin, vet men, a designated player exemption or disabled player exemption. I still don't know what the acronym stands for. Uh, they got that from Spencer Dinwiddie's alleged season-ending injury, though if you follow him on Instagram. Yeah, you wouldn't think that for one second. Dinwiddie may be back next week. We yeah, don't know. For real. Uh, but they get they could they can basically get anyone on a final year of their contract or a new contract for one year for $5.7 million. And then they also have a taxpayer mid-level exemption, which is like three and a half, four million dollars million. The Nets preserve those two possible assets to use to get another player. And they just get Blake Griffin, who was all NBA like two or three seasons ago for vet men. What a life. Nets world. Nets world. Brian. Thoughts, comments, is that what you're about Thoughts, to yeah. say? So we have a structure to the mm, okay. episode, and Great. we're so Smart. excited to discuss it. I have come up with basically the nine most pertinent questions surrounding the Blake Griffin signing. And the first one is, who is Blake Griffin now? Um, so let's do a quick stats deep deep dive here for a second. Um, so just technically two full seasons ago, but three seasons ago, Blake Griffin was averaging 24, 24 and a half points per game, five assists, almost eight rebounds, shooting uh, 52 and a half percent from the field, 
36% from three, like just, just a hundred percent ready to roll. Perfect. Um, he has declined. He got hurt last season. He only played 18 games last season and he was only, he was only averaging 15 and a half points. I don't know if he was hurt last season or the season before. Anyways, basically he's a shell of himself. He's played 20 games this year, 12 points, four assists, five rebounds. Here are the numbers, the shooting numbers, basically 32% from three on six attempts a game. And from two, he's shooting 43% on two point attempts. Can we look, can we look at MPG as well? Minutes. His M, his MPG is yeah. 31 minutes a game. Okay. So it's not He's getting some run. His ain't, ain't nothing. Um so he ain't what he was, right? Obviously, there's a reason why, you know, he has been bought he has been bought out and why he's now going, you know, to the Nets on a vet min. I don't know. I still feel like that that he's still a guy who's going to help out this team mightily, particularly a team that traded, allegedly traded all their depth in the deal to bring in James Harden. If you can get Blake Griffin on a vet min, there that's a guarantee that is a win. Doesn't ma- almost doesn't matter what he does. That just the exploration of that is a win for me. Do you do you buy into the conspiracies that he's dogging it? There's there's lots of that going on out there. There's a lot of there's a lot of dogging it, Conroe. Well, I think it would be justified, okay. right? That he's there's there's some dog in that, but also I'm also not bothered by it. I wasn't bothered by it with James Harden. I'm not bothered by it with Blake Griffin <clears throat> if it is true. Yeah. I think it could be you know a a um, a hodgepodge of of <laughs> of cooked knees plus plus doggedness. You know that his his real number could be more like 16 or 17 points per game had had he not you know inserted a little bit of dog energy into that um, equation, sure. but. Uh, I mean, to answer the big question, though, is like, you know, wh- who is he now? I don't know. We should have gotten a Pistons guy on here. I mean, like he I, I was just listening to the Zach Lowe podcast from last week, and they basically made it sound like he was um, like, here's what it was. You know, they didn't invoke Nick Batum, but I think the, the Nick Batum parallel could be one of the closest ones, um, you know, because he looked as bad as Nick Batum was looking when when he was on Charlotte. Um, he was he Blake. OK, Batum was the worst player in the NBA. When he was on Charlotte, Blake <laughs> that, was still. What are you basing that off? That's just because. Well, yeah. do you remember his stats from yeah, last year? They were year? bad. They were not good. They were not I good. think he was averaging like two points per game. Yeah, it was pretty um, wild. It was pretty. So wild. he was the yeah. worst player in the NBA, at least if you count for salary. If, salary. if you do that, which you always should, you really should. Blake is still twelve and a half points per game, four assists, five yeah. rebounds, or whatever. Like that's that's a like that's a guy. That's more than a guy. I mean, the assist total is actually what you're excited about because he's still. Yeah, he's, he's always been a good passer. Yeah, for for what as as great as he is in an athlete, he was always a pretty good passer. And I did watch my YouTube highlights before this podcast, so <laughs> <laughs> I know a thing or two. And uh, you know his the the passing game is alive and well. Um, I'll say that like basically from from what it looked like, I watched like one game where he had twenty five or something against the Lakers, and I don't know December or January. Um, and the entire all of the clips from offense are him at the you know standing at the top of the key the three point arc and kind of dishing and operating and looking to shoot semi contested threes that that to me is a do- is very much dogging it you know just just that <laughs> just that pov i might elevate my dogging numbers a little bit higher actually um and be slightly more optimistic uh for that reason than than most um because yeah basically he was trying to you know do that that like you know stretch for playmaking thing where he's kind of 
you know, plugging away at Jeremy Grant uh, at at the rim from from you know deep. Um, but yeah, anyways, sorry. Uh, it's I, I could go. Where, where is he now? We need a Pistons guy to know whether it's real or not. But um, for me, it seems like dogging could be very much part of this. Yeah, and if you want to go into dogging stats, and it almost it's to the Nets' benefit if he was in fact dogging it because he didn't want to be there in Detroit. And he obviously wants to be in Brooklyn with back with DeAndre Jordan, which is so exciting. Blake, over like the entirety of his career, when he was a, a tremendous player, all NBA, he over always averaged more than 10 two-point attempts per game. In some seasons, you know, when he was at his elite level, he was about like 16 and a half, 17 two-point attempts per game. This season it's been down to five. Now there's like this whole, like, there's all this weird information that you can get with Blake. Because if you look at the team he was on, Detroit was awful, right? Is an awful team. Is like the worst team in the NBA. And the the good moves that they made was that they got Jeremy Grant, who operates in the relatively the same space that Blake typically operates in. And they got Mason Plumley or Miles Plumley, one of the Plumleys. Mason, yeah. Yeah, Mason. So, yeah. I am. I am. I do not. I'm not worried. There's no worry here. This is a vet minimum deal. This is what. This is the luxury of having the super team that the Nets have. This is the the dream that Luis Scola thought about many many moons ago. The red moon of yeah. Luis Scola yeah. when he came out and had his prophecy. His eyes were rolling back into his head. Yeah, and he popped back in and he said. When they get good, they'll get everyone. He said Blake Green or Blake Griffin is going to supplement that, Jeff Green. He's going to he's going to be he's going to be a Jeff Green insurance policy. That's well, what let me get let yeah. me hop to that. That's one of my questions. Is Blake Griffin better than Jeff Green? And I say he's not. Right? Like I think Jeff Green at this for this team. I think Jeff Green is better. You know what's kind of um, funny to think is like Jeff Green might be a bouncier bro than him at this. You know, I mean, yeah. very clearly is, um, or at least in terms of in- intention, what he wants to be doing. Um, is he better than Jeff Green? It's a big question. Wow. Because here's what it kind of leads to, and this is one of my other questions. Does Blake become one of the guys that's in the closing lineup for this team? Like, and we're gonna have to see. Like, we just that's unanswerable right now. We can't figure that out. But right now, if everyone's healthy, to me, the closing lineup is obviously the big three plus Joe Harris and Jeff Green. Like, because I think you want Jeff Green out there to be switchy on defense. I know this breaks everyone's heart that Bruce Brown, the God, is not out there closing lineups. I just think you're still going to want a bit beefier dude and a bit more bulky and a bit bigger. Um, Jeff Green, though, Bruce Brown is obviously the best center in the NBA. Mm. Everyone can recognize that. People know that. Yeah. Um, but so... That's kind of why the what the Blake Griffin question is like: Is he better than Jeff Green? I think he's like, if you're playing one on one, Blake is better. Like you know, Blake does more things. But what the Nets need, which is switchy defense guy who doesn't care about touching the ball and is happy to sit in the corner all on offense, that's Jeff Green. And I love myself some Jeff Green. What a problem to have. Yeah, in terms of like intention, intentionality. Jeff Green is is who you want on there because it's it's really a supplemental player who knows who really knows his role. I don't. I mean, it's it's not it's it's unclear whether Blake Griffin will come in and immediately into it that he's like the seventh man, um, and you know might get late game looks, but probably pr- presumably not. I mean, yeah, up in, until 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 proven wrong, Jeff Green. It's Jeff Green's spot to lose <laughs> this this 
this uh yeah this like small five whatever they're very similar looking too like everything i, I watched those blake griffin clips and especially now that he's like he's a lot he's quite a bit more lead-footed and plotting um they're just very like similar shaped and like you know stocky six eight guys it's they're they're I, I mean i think that you know sean mark's just like oh i like jeff green let's try to like duplicate that as best we can because <laughs> <laughs> i mean who doesn't like jeff green so this isn't one of my questions that i that i planned out but i'm gonna ask it to you now this is a bonus bonus question how much of a no-brainer is this to like there is that vocal minority out there that is concerned that somehow blake griffin being on this team is going to ruin the chemistry that the team has is going to take away minutes from Nick Claxton, which yeah. actually it's going to take away minutes from Nick Claxton. It's going to mess with Jeff Green's role, which everyone loved. He was like the veteran leader that you need on the team. Do you actually, is there a downside? Is there, is there a threat that this could actually somehow negatively impact the Nets? Um, yeah, I mean, the Claxton stuff is maybe the only like foreseeable issue. People are really loving them some Nick Claxton right now. And, and I get that. I, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't dislove, uh, Nick Claxton, but, um, you know, I'm weirdly reminded also of Andre Blatch in this situation. There's, there's, there's (laughs) not in terms of it's a Sunday night, (laughs) the kids are asleep and you're going to bring up Andre Blatch. Jeez! Now the now when my kids are unconscious in the other room, (laughs) the humanity, bro. Um, uh, Just in terms of of um, God, why why does he remind me of Andre Blatch? He reminds me of Andre Blatch because it's a um, reclamation project, and reclamation projects uh, have a whole lot of interesting kind of basketball narratives built around them, and and they create a really inviting twitter atmosphere for everybody um just kidding it makes it very toxic um because people have this like people love to fight about these kinds of things blake griffin right now seems like a super easy person to be like cooked knees is dogging it sucks forget that guy um also i watched a bunch of like drama alert videos of him with the clippers where like jared dudley is like guy sucked would hate that guy um <laughs> which you know if you're if you're a dead fan like we are, you know, yeah. that you have to take that into consideration now. Um, Old potato sack. Right, that's right. Um, so um, chemistry-wise, he doesn't play enough of like a role and he's interchangeable enough that like I'm not I'm not super duper worried about on-court chemistry. And, and for that reason, like, you know, if you're not playing a big part on court, like how much can you really involve yourself personnel off-court? Chemistry wise, it's not not likely that you can. Cause you're like, shut up, you don't play. What are you talking about? Um, put a, it's like it's like when, um, oh god, Kenneth Fareed had like a bad attitude and wasn't playing. It's like yeah. fine, fine, go away, yeah, go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, first, I don't think he's a reclamation. He's not a. If we're going HGTV, he's not a fixer upper with Chip okay. and Joanne. Okay. He's a love it or list it. Right? Sure, sure. It's either it. it's either you walk into that house, you fix it up a little bit, you keep it. Or what you about, just sell it. What about Rehab Addict? Come on. Do you Get like me that one? On rehab. I Those love are, that. And it's also, it's a, De- a Detroit-based show, so there's that's a, a close parallel. Another mm. chef, chef kiss for you, my <laughs> Thank friend. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I'm 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 so pro. I mean, I, again, it's just so crazy that I think people are being negative about that because, you know, part of the negativity comes from, are they going to get Andre Drummond, which I will assess later in the episode. But... 
This is all positive. Blake Griffin reportedly gave up $13 million in his buyout just to get out of Detroit, right? Which could be viewed as like, wow, that guy's just really unhappy. I view it as motivation, and he knew immediately where he wanted to go. He's very close friends with DeAndre Jordan, I'm sure. And DeAndre is like now, a, the now master. He the, is he's dug really in, the assistant GM of the Nets. He is dug in like a tick now. You can't, you are not going to get rid of DeAndre <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> Yeah. Well, why would, he's really should just be in the front office. Right, he shouldn't right. even play. They should pay him yeah. $10 million a year to be in the front office uh, because he can get you anyone else in the NBA <laughs> yeah. besides Serge Ibaka. From, of a certain era. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let me actually ask you, would you rather have Serge Ibaka or Blake Griffin? Of course. Come on. Obviously. Which one? Ibaka. I mean. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's sure. not close. Not to hate on Blake. No. You know, welcome to the team. Sure. But yeah, Serge Ibaka. Um so I'm not worried about the fact that he gave up that much money, knew where he wanted to go immediately. He's he's entering a friendly team. Kevin Durant liked the Bleacher Report's uh, Instagram story about give, give that a like. Huh? Yeah, that's a huge. I mean, that's all. That's a seal of approval, right there. Um, that's basically passing through Senate confirmation on your way to Joe Biden's cabinet if you get Kevin Durant's like. So uh, I'm not worried about chemistry actually not worried about role at all. I mean, this team is like they've they've built up the depth. Nash has figured out like, okay, I got on the bench, the bench squad mob. You know, he has Shamit and Tyler Johnson's playing some minutes. Nick Claxton's like this interesting kind of curveball on this team. But they did need another big hefty body. And Blake Griffin is a big hefty body who also happens to be a playmaker. And also what I like about it, just a small thing, the Nets getting him means he doesn't go to Milwaukee. He doesn't go to, you know, name any other contender, Boston. Boston could have really used Blake Griffin. And it's it's a luxury that he's at in Brooklyn. For other teams, I feel like he would have been like a crucial piece. Yeah. If you're like even even in Philly where like, you know, they have a lot of bigs and they don't really need a Blake Griffin. Like they could actually use a guy who who can move the ball and get assists like the way Blake does. Um it's a luxury. I don't know. I don't understand. I mean, I know. Let's get to this right now. Okay. Um, the The question is, just because they Blake Griffin, do they still need Andre Drummond if he is, in fact, bought out? What a world. Jeez. <clears throat> Jeez. Um, he, here's who. Here's who. So t- to understand this question. We're, we're getting gluttonous. My God. Can you listen yeah. to us? Yeah. <laughs> to understand this question, you have to understand what the Nets lineup is right now with Blake Griffin in it. So you have the big three, Harden, Kyrie, KD. You have Joe Harris, the greatest three-point shooter, I guess, besides Steph Curry in the NBA. And DeAndre Jordan. Let's say that's just the five. I know DJ hasn't been starting that much, but that's let's say that's starting five. The bench with Blake, it's Blake, Jeff Green, Shamit, Bruce Brown. And that's nine players. Nine is a hefty playoff lineup, right? Mm-hmm. Like Typically, you get down to eight. Yeah, you want to be at eight. That's the sweet spot. So that's nine, and that doesn't even include Claxton, TLC. You know, TLC, I know he's uh, on the outs for this team. And Tyler Johnson, mm-hmm. right? And so if you include Andre Drummond into that mix, that's a that's 10 guys who probably all deserve to play. And a lot of them are fours and fives at that point. The weakness of this team was the four spot. And now it's going to become, as you said, gluttonous. Mm-hmm. That, that you have KD starting at four. And then coming off the bench is Jeff Green or DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, or Andre Drummond. So I get to you, Brian. Well, yeah. Go ahead. 
Andre Drummond. Do you still desire him so much? You know, it's funny too, because you're just saying like our guard play is like suddenly sort of like slightly further. Uh, we were going deeper into our bench to get guards off the off the bench. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that that feels true, but also that like, you know, the Jeff Greens and Blake Griffins kind of do satisfy a lot of the playmaking that you would want from a lot of like Shamit and, and TLC and Tyler Johnson, bless their hearts. Are not the playmakers that even Jeff Green and Blake Griffin are uh, to a large extent. Um, So it's funny that we're getting, it's, you know, this is, it's really positionless basketball, Mike. It's really doing it now. Um, You have, you're going to have Blake running point forward, Bruce Brown at center. Yeah. And Joe Harris just fist bumping the whole fuck, the whole time. Yeah. You know? Fantastic look. Shamus just designated Rover at this point. (laughs) Yeah. He's just pure Rover. Um, so yeah, it's a weird lineup, and I guess to I mean, you know, heck, I'll take I'll take anybody, Mike. Who cares? You know, forget it. You know, we're, <laughs> I feel like you know um, I've I've completely lost um, connection to reality with who we should or shouldn't get or are able to get. You know, we just just things fall into our lap all of a sudden. So you know, heck, why not? But in terms of actual need, I, I I'm not sure that we need the Drummond effect quite yet. Um, so, yeah. So. And we'll talk more about this after the break because this Drummond conversation dives right into another conversation we've been having all season and we have more of an answer than we've ever had before. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back. Um, and if you haven't yet, go on iTunes. Rate us. Five stars we need and we want to have them. We love reading them. Uh, this is a five star from Costa Rican 21. He said, guys are amazing. That's it. That's all we need. We That's all need it that. says. Guys are amazing. Not even us. Guys are amazing. Just guys. Like, boys. You know. The boys. boys. Here's one for the town. boys. Yeah. Okay. So we were talking about Drummond and, and Blake Griffin. And obviously, like, the, a lot of the conversation is framed about, like, the Nets waiting for Drummond. And we don't know if that's going to happen or not. And the Nets ended up getting Blake Griffin. Does that stop them from getting Drummond? Let me ask you this, Brian. Does Blake Griffin do anything mm. to help the Nets in a matchup against, against the 76ers? Against Joel Embiid. We need a drop for that. We need some kind of Joel. <laughs> yeah. We need a um uh yeah. Um does it do anything? I was just thinking about the I was listening to the Athletic Pod. Um uh, not this is not a plug that I planned for, Mike, so just Please. heads up, but I was listening to that um what's the name of the the feed where it has all of them from all the national guys? Uh, the athletic NBA show. Yeah. So listen to the, the Schlecht one quite good. And they have this thing where they're playing the LaMelo ball. Whoever's doing the announcing at Charlotte has like really amazing calls for LaMelo ball. Strong recommend, strong recommend. Um, but I'm just reminded of, of, um, I need something for this Joel Embiid meme because this is just going to keep coming up until we, you know, dunk on this bro in a fucking playoff series. Sorry. shouldn't be swearing. It's late. I've had, I've had too many gnocchi. <laughs> I've got a gnocchi buzz going, um, uh. <laughs> but uh, 
um sorry what was the question <laughs> Do, does blake griffin do anything yeah, okay, in helping knows. the nets in their i'll just i'll go in their matchup against the 76ers doesn't have to be about joel Embiid, but just in their matchup against the 76ers no not really i mean honestly if i you know do i think Who's yeah? No, I don't think so. The Joel Embiid stopper meme is not real, um, or it's like it's real, but it's not. You know, there isn't one. So why engage with that um, <laughs> premise? <clears throat> so no, it doesn't move the needle one way or the other. Outside of just like it, you know, improves our, it shores up our rotation in the event that you know Jeff Green gets a I don't know a Pat Beverly induced contusion or something. You know, I think it helps in this way only that it lets Nash. Mix in a whole bunch of guys. It's just another person that he can mix into like the big man rotation. You know, because if you think about it right now, let's say without Blake Griffin, it was just Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, and Claxton. And as much as I love Nicholas Claxton, Nicholas, um, I'd be terrified that he's getting minutes in the playoffs. Like it's just too soon, right? He still gets winded after three minutes of play. So we need our guy to get his conditioning up, need to get on that Peloton. I know, you know. I'll keep joking about that. Um, DeAndre Jordan, he is playing better. People are upset always with him. He's playing better. Um, And Jeff Green, obviously, is going to come back from that contusion probably after the All-Star break. Blake just gives Nash. Nash could be out there like Mike Mussina. Throw that knuckle curveball, regular curve with a slurve, throwing all of his little pitches. Um, You you know, I think Blake's going to play mostly small ball five for the Nets. And, you know, he's going to be, he's not a post player. He's not a guy who really operates in that part of the floor. If he's playing on offense, yeah, you're not going to respect his three point shot. So he's not really a a stretch five, but he is a, like a ball handling. I can make, make a move in a way I can make an athletic play still, even though he's sapped some, like he can still make Embiid work a little bit. So I do think it helps just a, a, a smidge. And he actually kind of ma- – like, so my whole theory, and we've talked about this many times, the 76ers matchup in the future, if it happens, it's a fallacy to say that the Nets need to stop Joel Embiid. Right, right. We've done this. The truth is that the they tr- need to stop everyone else. Right. Just This is, this is Mike's – this is what you're going to get tattooed on your ribs. This is – Just limit Ben Simmons and Seth – Curry, <laughs> Tobias Harris, and I bring up Tobias Harris because he's been great this year, and and actually Blake Griffin is the kind of guy that can match up with a Tobias Harris. Mm, that's true. That's a good one. I I'm actually interested, you know, and I know that this is not a again not a Joel Embiid stopper, but I'm interested in the Nick Claxton on Joel Embiid defensive minutes just because uh, I think <laughs> I mean I mean of of the people that guard Joel Embiid, I think you go swipey take charges versus like just trying to go toe to toe in the post. Like, I feel like that's the better, more efficient way. Neither are a great solution, but um, I think swipey chargey is the move, which Nick Claxton, yeah. his defense on Embiid and bead will remind me of, there's like a lot of those cartoon Disney movies when we were growing up where it was like a human and an animal would make their way through like the snow or the desert. There'd be some animal pal protecting this human who's trying to get back and it's like a young wolf pup. Is this there's some the movie. Jungle Book or what are we talking about? Yeah, jungle Book, but there's like those sub B level, C level type Jungle Book movies where it's man, man. and animal <clears throat> teaming up to make their way back to safety, back home. And the homeward, animal- Homeward bound. 
little Homer Boundy, right? That's and there the were the animal. The dogs. There was always a scene where the human was like terrified. There was like a big wolf, and the human was terrified. You're talking about something so specific, and I, it's I, what is I it? can't remember yeah. the movie. So I'm, just, <laughs> sure, I'm generalizing, yeah. generalizing. <laughs> yeah. And the the baby, the baby wolf who is protecting <clears throat> the human, right. would step in front of the human and growl, and yeah. then they would fight. And the baby wolf would come out hurt, but it would win the fight somehow or scare off the big one. Nick Claxton going against Joel Embiid is he's the baby wolf. Nick Claxton, oh. Joel is the big Who, wolf. Who's the human? Are you the human? Who's the, who's the Bruce Brown? Yeah, Bruce Brown. Is the, yeah. Bruce, protect Bruce Brown. You must sure. protect Bruce Brown. Yeah. Uh, by the way, um, Jared Dubin, who writes, he writes. I think he writes for CBS Sports and for Five Thirty Eight. But he had a really good Dubin. St- Really good story on 538 about James Harden, how different he plays in Brooklyn versus Houston. And an amazing stat in there is that the Harden-Bruce Brown pick and roll is the most effective pick and roll in in the NBA right now. Come on. Insane. Come on. The most effective. They are, you know, there's something like of of the teammates who have done it at least 80 times over the season, Bruce Brown. James Harden are the most effective, most efficient. What are we going to do about this? Is my this is a crazy thing to say, but what are we going to do about Bruce Brown? Making sure that we get his minutes in max contract. No, but like I mean, the seriously, when Kevin Durant comes back, he gets like forced out of the rotation in a way that I'm not comfortable with. I'm not comfortable. You know what? I was thinking of tweeting just to piss people off. Is like, should Kevin Durant come off the bench? Actually, we should do that just to see what happens. Because you, too many people. There was a great. I loved. I, I was actually really pleased with Twitter for one thing, which was. Um, so you you had a tweet about the Knicks, uh, who live rent free in your mind, Mike. They're living rent free. <laughs> yeah. Um, because uh, the tweet was about how they passed on Blake Griffin, right, and passed. you had said that they passed on him and and KD and Kyrie and LeBron and and throw Blake in with that group. And somebody was like, they're like. Is this guy for real? He's comparing Blake Griffin to LeBron. What a joke. <laughs> and to Twitter's credit, everyone jumped on that guy and was like, no, no, that's not what the point of that was. Uh, which it could go either way. You never know. Like if somebody's going to, you know, that's going to be the new thing to brigade people with. And, you know, now and Mike's we, the guy who thinks that Blake is the next LeBron. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. I'm going to take yeah. another quick break and we'll oh, be back. Wow. I've got actually an extension of the Sixers question, but we're going out west. So I promised you, Brian, that um, we would talk about one other thing. And, you know, like so much of our conversation, Mm. we're so Eastern Conference focused. Yeah. I got to say, the Nets are pretty good. And we also need to be thinking about the NBA Finals matchups. Wow. Okay. And I think Sean Marks is thinking about a potential NBA Finals matchup because my question to you is, does Blake Griffin do anything against or help in any way against the Lakers? Mm. And the Joe M- the Joel Embiid of the Lakers. Exactly, which is Anthony Davis. So this is an to me, this is an interesting question that I wrote, obviously. So it must be interesting if I wrote it. <laughs> like you put um, it down on paper? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Got it right here. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so we're so focused on Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is a pure center, a pure five, a beast unstoppable, you know, modern day Shaq, mm-hmm. all that, all that baloney. Okay. 
Anthony Davis does not like to play the five. He likes to play the four. He also has a, I think it's like Achilles tendinopathy or some weird Achilles thing going on, yeah. mm-hmm. which is usually a precursor, unfortunately, to maybe a more serious Achilles tear, which could happen. You don't want that to happen. All right. All right, Doc. Just gonna, you know, you know, I've had the one part of the body I know best mm. is the Achilles. Yes. Um. So does Blake Griffin do anything against the, against the Lakers? I think Blake helps more against the Lakers than he would against the Sixers in that beyond the fact that you can just get Blake Griffin for a veteran minimum, which of course any team in the NBA would do. I think that is actually the motivating factor if you're Sean Marks to get him. The hmm. reason why is because okay. you can put Blake, even though I think he's going to play small ball five a lot more than maybe he did in Detroit. You can put Blake at the four still. He still is stretchy enough, still is playmakery enough to put him at the four with a real center, whether it's DeAndre or Andre Drummond, whatever happens. Um, I think he. I think Blake has more of an impact in a Lakers series hmm. than he would in some Sixers series. I he matches up. I'm not saying he's he's not going to guard anything, Davis, but there there's some things that Blake can do. He's another big body. Times you can kind of put him on LeBron to just stand in the way of LeBron. Mm. Blake does more in Lakers than he does at the Sixers. That is my I like theory. it. I like it. Um, the last one, you know, I have a couple small ones. Okay. Will Blake be more of a five, small ball five or is he more of a power forward on this team? It doesn't matter. The answer is it does not matter, but doesn't matter. And what's the answer? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really do see him as like a true like what is it, what's it called in theater when you you have a like a, a a backup. What is a what's the backup called in theater? Um, a stand-in. Stand-in. He's just a Jeff Green stand-in in my mind. That's really like they <laughs> I, they feel incredibly interchangeable. I, I mean, that's how I would plan for his implementation. Um, I could be way off. He could be. Like they could play together and do weird things that I don't, that I'm not prepared for very incredibly weird things. Um, but that's sort of, that's sort of where I would assume that he's going to be inserted as, you know, um, just giving depth to that position, uh, that's been working so well for us throughout the season. Yeah. And that's what, again, it kind of links back to like my whole Steve Nash's Mike Mucina take. It just gives like another really fun player to throw out there in certain lineups mm-hmm. because he can play the three or not the three. You can play the four or the five. If you use your small ball five, it's kind of he's not as athletic as Draymond was peak Golden State Warriors, but yeah, a lot of similarities. Bigger body, good passer, can start the get the rebound, start the break. Mm-hmm. He really helps the rebounding. It's just crazy. This is, let's take the pullback. We should have done this at the beginning, and we have, yeah. but that the Nets, your Brooklyn Nets, Brian, are the team that this is just happening to. That it is just the Nets. I'm dead to are it. Just, I've gotten so used to it. I'm just, it's like uh, I've gotten <laughs> all the way to the end of the the hero's journey to the point where I've like, you know, I'm, I'm in the Scarface mansion face down in a in a giant pile hating life. You know, it's already, I've... I've <laughs> You know how it is. I'm just complete. You know, you go right to the end of the of the story where it's too much. It's too much good things. It's so strange. And again, it speaks to sort of we remember when we were like, and I think I titled one of our episodes like this: "The culture is dead." 
right? The Nets culture is dead. What col- you, what culture? <laughs> yeah. You smartly said oh, it's just a new culture. Mm. It's just a different, you know, the Nets culture of Kenny Atkinson was one thing. It was development. It was growth. This is new culture. This is, you know, uh, Mohawk Airlines versus Pan Am. That's right. That's right. perfectly stated, which is a Mad Men reference. You know, back <laughs> from from um, uh, season three. Season three. Um, Episode 12. Uh, (laughs) Third act. Um, So this is normal. Mm -hmm. We should all get comfortable in this world. The Nets are getting Blake. It's a good macro. I I know Blake is diminished athletically. I know he like, so there's like the anti-Blake tweets are also like, what does he really do for the Nets? Like, how does he really help them? What, you know, their, their biggest weakness is defense. How does Blake help that? Like, yeah. That's the voice of the d- dissenters. There was one really good, um, like I was doing the Reddit thread, looking through it, you know, of the, you know, on NBA thread or Reddit um, about this. And like maybe like six comments down, there's someone who's like got a Golden State Warriors flair who's like, um, I'm just here to see us all delude ourselves into thinking this isn't going to work out again. Like this is that's and that's I like that energy around this team. Basically, they're saying like it's of course it's going to be good. Blake Griffin's going to play well or whatever. We all thought that James Harden wasn't good. We all thought that the Kevin Durant Kyrie thing wasn't going to work out. It's obviously all clicking, and it's just yet another part of what makes the Nets scary at the moment. They're we're we're doing doing scary some scary uh, hours, oh, maybe oh, yeah. Brian. I don't know that I love the scary hours thing. Can I? Am I the only one that doesn't? I mean, it's obviously not a reference a that's that, not right. sort of like for me, I guess. But yeah, Drake just dropped Scary Hours Part Two or okay. something like that. Right, sorry, but... <laughs> no, it's um, not. I I get it. It's over. We I did want to do one thing though, like and, and kind of drill down on one of the like the big negative, and I, I just I just want to yeah, make sure don't. that we do this some justice. Well, two two negatives. First of all, okay. somebody on on Twitter pointed out that Blake Griffin has a new show a cross prankster show where he's pranking the prankster on a new, a new TV series. Very niche, (laughs) very niche. It's very, uh, it's instant karma. You know, um, can I say something about that? Is, is the prank show the lowest form of comedy? Is it, is that the, some would say it's the highest. (laughs) I don't, I think prank shows suck. Would Ashton Kutcher say it's the highest? (laughs) Ashton Kutcher, Rob Deerdeck. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) the guys from Staten Island who are prank, whatever they are. (laughs) Those guys, you know, the guys that are on true TV. Yeah. yeah. When it's every year when you watch March Madness, that is the commercial that they blast. I don't know these guys. I know you don't care about this, but people out there in the world know about it. Who is this? I I know about things. I could know. You don't know about these, the... What are they called? Well, it doesn't matter. Everyone knows what they are. Okay. There's these five guys from Staten Island who, the practical jokers. What? what <laughs> okay. Sorry. They wow. Sound, they sound The cool. fact that I didn't know that title yeah. was yeah. Uh, terrible. That's funny that I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, like, anyways, like the YouTube pranksters, like, that's a sure. very lowbrow world. No offense if you're a fan of the show and you're a YouTube prankster. No offense. Can I ask you a question? Please. Was Jackass a prank show? Um, That's a great question. So I would say no. As in, like, there was some prankishness to it. The same way it's not like a skateboarding show, right? There's skateboarding in it, for sure. But it wasn't a skateboarding show. Was it a sex show? <laughs> There's some sex in it. <laughs> a little no. of everything. It was a, it was a salad. Um, what was it? A whoa, stunt show? Whoa. Wait, stunt- do you want to... Should we do, like, a four-part series on this? Or is that... <laughs> <laughs> Chicken or egg? Yeah. What that's was tough. it? I guess it's a. I would say it's a stunt show. It, and that's there's not many stunt shows, but that is a stunt show. So, are we worried about 
the cringe emanating from Blake Griffin's various entertainment pursuits. No, absolutely not. Because Blake's, everyone's made this joke. I think I made this joke on Twitter. Blake's going to be great for the New York City comedy scene, right? Like, because Blake Griffin, he, I think he did UCB, Upright Citizens Brigade, excuse me, um, in LA. He, I listened, I was a producer on the Athletics Clippers podcast. Okay. That Paul Shear, Paul Shear comedian, mm. um, he's Funny the guy. bald guy in the league, which feels really demeaning to say he's the bald guy in the league. Mm-hmm. But he's the bald guy in the league who wears funny hats. See the guy with the big um, gap in his front teeth? Yes. Yeah. And he was like, I was at a Space Jam uh, reading with Blake, and Blake was hilarious. And I think Blake went up to like, there's like uh, some comedy festival in Montreal, and this is so sad that. I listen to too much Mark Marin, so this is like all part hmm, of my interesting to catch a rising star. Okay. I don't know. This is so what's sad. happening. But Blake Blake's love for comedy is authentic. Okay, um, and I like that because I think this team. I mean, come on, him and DeAndre back together is a beautiful thing. Yeah, and I guess DeAndre is the funniest Brooklyn Met right now. It's not Kyrie Irving, so I guess it's Quibi. Quibi had an attempt at doing a celebrity-driven prank show with um, Chance the Rapper. Like, yeah. So I I think pranks are stupid. Like when I hear stories about George Clooney is like the master pranker on movie sets, I think very low EQ. I feel like that's a low EQ like, guy. That sucks. You don't want to be, and that's why I'm a little bit of the when they invoked the chemistry issues. The guy who's pranking, like doing lame pranks in the locker room. Like, I, I hate to be. This is going to be a double, a double f word pod here. But fuck that guy. Nobody wants that guy. Nobody likes the guy who's like you. Absolutely. Not, hid your your socks. Like, ugh, where's the socks? But I Just don't think that's give me, so- give me the goddamn socks. The reason why I brought it was pureness of comedy. Is I think ultimately what he wants to be is he wants to be, you know, in the Judd Apatow movies. Yeah. Coming up <laughs> forward, uh, he doesn't want to be. Yeah. He doesn't want to be in uh, Practical Jokers yeah. movies, which are very popular and they make a ton of money. We uh, the second part. Second? The second part of it was yeah. that I didn't want to glance over this thing with like the Nick Claxton development stuff is kind of real. We did kind of bl- blow pl- right past that. <laughs> Coming from you, this is rich. Why <laughs> the the I've, largest I've, and loudest uh, agitator of Claxtonia, Claxton Nation. We change our minds. We're, we're, you know, I'm not, yeah, I'm not married to any, to any take. You know, you make us. That's what makes us good. Dynamic. You, you know, stick to. I'm takes. reevaluating stuff on a on an hourly, if not minutely, basis all the time. All of my takes throughout the years. All your takes, yeah. um, I've got a roll of decks of takes. Does it? Does it really screw up the, the Claxton development process? Are we giving? If you, are we cutting into his minutes? Like. <laughs> Can I say the Nets shouldn't worry about the yeah, Nick Claxton? As you're much not, as I love Nick Claxton, they shouldn't be worried about Nick Claxton. I got worried all because this team is this team is so good. I do think I still think Claxton is going to get minutes. It's just going to be diminished under Blake. <laughs> what, what what Blake also lets them do is to continue to sit out guys for multiple weeks for chest contusions and all the random things that continue to happen to basketball players. It's just another guy who they can put in there. While KD continues to nurse a hamstring. I want Nash to run Claxton until he spews his guts out right there at center court. I want I want that because he feels like he's going to barf some one of these days. <laughs> he's going to barf on TV. I 
you know, so every time like they say like, so Kevin Durant's been out for a month and Kyrie has missed a few games within that stretch. I always kind of just want Nash to be like, Harden, you're sitting this game. Like, because one, I want Harden to relax a little bit. He's been so phenomenal playing so many minutes. I feel like Harden's like, he's like, I want to go for this like Iron Man, whatever, like most games in. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's going for that stupid stuff. But also the the reason why I want Nash to do that, to say Harden, please sit, is because I want to see just like a full game of Nick Claxton, Chris Chioza, Landry. Like I want (laughs) all the backup players just because I I need to remember what it was like. Wow. You know. Remember how much fun it was when you were like dreaming that Isaiah Whitehead would be something. You want right? to, you want to, you want to boot up your N sixty four and play a little <laughs> Mario Kart, <laughs> yeah. which I, which I did buy off of eBay from some Taiwanese teenager who made it for me. They made it. Someone there's some guy like a paper mache. Some, like <laughs> what are we talking? Pretty sure he's a Taiwanese teenager. If you go on eBay, you can find him somehow. Uh, handcrafted. <laughs> They will what make happened? they will remake for you Mario Kart. They will it's it's a new Mario Kart. It's not used. It's new and the only way you can make it use, new is if someone makes it for you literally. So So wait, hang on. I don't want to drill down too deep on this, but so it's like it's a, it's, it's a, a it's, new it, it's a cartridge that loads into an N64 that they're making like with a 3D exactly printer. Exactly like Mario Kart. It's the same game except it's a new cartridge and there's only one way it could happen. Is if the you know it's built like someone would have to build it now. Okay. And and I think there's there's someone there's it's how it's much from Taiwan. how much did you pay for this? Twenty five bucks. It's good. These these price for a dude. For have a you seen the price? Black market. market. They're like five hundred bucks. <laughs> dude, I had I had a crazy run in college where I was dropping. It was eighty five cents on Amazon. Oh, Brian. I was. Your, oh yeah, you were there for I that. Was <laughs> I was just stacking up. I I have like. Probably two G's worth of N64 games in my closet. Goldeneye and Mario Kart are just like if you could if you could put that on the market right now, make a lot of money. I got Conquer's Everyone cares about I got Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Like I go I'm going deep. I got two copies of it back when it was going for five bucks a piece. Of what? Conquer's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> it's a it's a very rare N64 game. Mike, what else? What's the last bit? Don't um well I, I wanted to bring up something real quick. So Cleaning the Glass is one of the best stat sites out there. And, you know, we're also worried about the defense. And Blake Griffin, will he help? Will he help? Won't he help? I don't know. But here's the thing. Over the past two weeks, the Nets offense has been the best in the NBA. Just barely above Denver, but the best in the NBA. And they've been the 13th best defense Mm. over the past two weeks. And I bring that up to say, and I've said it before, the Nets don't have Kevin Durant right now, who's technically their best defender and their best player. And they're still the best offense in the NBA. And over the past two weeks, they've been the 13th best defense. And like it's it, it within, if they were 0.2, per, 0.2 better per game, mm-hmm. they would be the 11th best defense in yeah. the NBA. A massive jump up from, from 13. Huge. So Huge. They're, they are, I think the defensive issues... It's not that they're unfounded. It's just that they're a little skewed. It's just the thing that every guy on ESPN and gal can bring up and say, but are you worried about the Nets defense? And we're worried. You know, we're, I think we're properly worried. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's overblown. It's not like 
the Cleveland Cavaliers, what was it, like five years ago when they were the worst defense in the NBA, and then they turned it on in the playoffs. And yeah. Made their I, own I've finals. seen them do the turn it on enough to know that it's there when, when it actually matters. That's what I've decided. Because we've been it, like in Nets, this Nets K-hole for years, you know, and we were like, oh, gosh, like, is everything going to be okay? And as long as you just see it happen when it needs to happen once or twice, you're fine. We're good. And it's another thing, actually, why I do like James Harden on this team is because he – he can play defense. He can body up dudes. The Nets are currently on cleaning glass, which is just only points. This is not like an advanced stat. This is just how many points they give up per game. They're currently 24th in the NBA right now in points per game that they give up. Mm-hmm. And they're the number one offense. In the- so it's it's trending in the right direction. If they get to be middle of the pack defensively, and number one on offense, then People, that's the mix. I hate how mix. loose and fast everyone plays with this concept of defense. Like they're just like everyone's like, yeah, but he can't play defense. But like it's just such a, I don't know. These are these are entry level takes. Just like the guy can't play defense take. So that was our Blake Griffin emergency pod. Thank you all for listening. Uh, find us on Twitter at bhglueguysnetsdaily.com. Be athletic. Get yourself. How, how did I you think know, it's four dollars a month? How did you know I didn't have more to say? I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> well, and I have to, no, you I have to go to the restroom. You got to go to the bathroom. So bad. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. Well, in that case, I'll save this huge blistering take for next time that I have. For next time. Next have, time. It's next you, time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Do you have a blistering take? I don't. Just no, I'm just kidding. I, don't, I, really, I really do not. How blistering? Literally no takes. I don't. I'm just. I'm Thank just, you all for listening. <laughs> at BK Guggers on Twitter. Uh, what a joy. The Nets have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, yep. James Harden, Blake Griffin. We did it, boys. Bruce Brown. We did it. Brownsville. Stand up. Okay. I got to go pee so bad. <laughs>